0: Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout Matt Williamson. As always, I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one Daily Sports Podcast Network. You can find this program and all the shows on the network on all of your favorite podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at BDPacock. Matt is a must-follow at Williamson NFL. We're breaking down the primetime games on today's show, Monday Night Football. Is Rivers done? I don't know. I'm I'm curious to hear Matt's opinions on the Chargers and the Chiefs of some news around the league. And we do have Matt's latest power rankings. And if we have time, we will start today and we will definitely finish that up by tomorrow as well. And a lot of changes in his power rankings as I take my first peek around the NFL. Matt, how are you on this fine Tuesday?
1: I'm terrific. No complaints. It's getting chilly here in Pittsburgh all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, it's deep into the, the NFL season, ready to dig in. We got these two night games to talk about. Not a ton of news for a Tuesday morning, early afternoon, but I'm sure more will break as the week goes on and i got to say power ranks were not easy they never are but they yeah. were not easy right now especially the middle of course
0: the middle's got to be tough splitting hairs with teams and uh, i always love to to track which teams jumped and fell the most and uh, and, and maybe might have a new number 1 this time uh, the, the yeah. top is very interesting as well but we'll go 32 to 1 in those power rankings maybe get started on that one today by the way it's a it's a wonderful 69 degree high where I am in California today, man. Lovely. (laughs) Let's start (laughs) with Chiefs-Chargers. And to be honest, I'm surprised it was this close with Phillip Rivers throwing four interceptions in that game.
1: Yeah, and I thought the Chargers played collectively as a team quite well early on, but it was field goal, field goal, field goal. You know, and and it seemed like they were doing everything they could, and they're down 10-9 at the half. You know, like... At Tyreek Hill was out early. You know, you thought maybe this is you know we're getting the Chiefs where we want them, and this could be the Chargers' day. And then pick after pick, and I mean, well, let's get into the let's conclude with the is the is Rivers done conversation. But let's let's break this, down, this game down some more though. Is that I'm watching the Chargers thinking. Does any team in the league have better skill guys than these guys, than, than LA? I mean, including the Chiefs. I mean, Hunter Henry is one of the best tight ends in the league. Keaton Allen is a great route runner. Mike Williams is a much different receiver. Gordon's rounding into shape. Teams would kill for Austin Eckler. I'm sitting there watching Austin Eckler going, If the Steelers only had that guy, holy smokes, you know, like (laughs) they got five deep easily, you know, of really good players at their respective positions. But the O-line's shaky and the quarterback is a problem.
0: I don't know if I've even said the score is 24-17, the final. So the Chargers at the end were within one touchdown of the Chiefs. Nobody could score in that fourth quarter. Austin Eckler, the leading receiver, eight catches, 108 yards, and he was amazing And he was so good that even with Melvin Gordon out, you almost didn't miss Melvin Gordon earlier in the season. And uh, that's not to say Melvin Gordon's a bad running back, but that's how good Eckler was for the Chargers all year long. And Keenan Allen, you mentioned he had eight catches, the touchdown, 71 yards. A little case of the dropsies this year, but can still get open with the best of them. And you're right. That's a great point with all the skill position talent the Chargers have there and Philip Rivers forced to chuck it 52 times in that game. He did amass 353 yards, but the four interceptions, and I just don't see how you can go forward with Rivers there. On the other side, Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do a ton, Uh, 182 yards, one touchdown, one pick and Mahomes is still not that Mahomes we've seen post-injury yet where he's, I mean, obviously he's still making throws where you're like, oh, my God, nobody in the league can do that, <laughs> right. but he's not the the 50-touchdown, just chucking the ball all over the place guy post-injury yet, but they didn't need him to do that in this game.
1: No, they didn't because the Chargers kept helping them out. Um, obviously, the Chiefs have some skill position players too. You know, Kelsey's probably the best tight end in the league or right there in the conversation, of course. Um but Tyree Kill goes out. Michael Hardman is set up to be a really nice, you know, not backup, but, I mean, we know why he was drafted. Yep. Is a, a carbon copy almost, if anyone can be, of Tyree, thinking that he might not be there this year. He makes plays. But, again, I thought the Chiefs played this one pretty smart. Like, we don't have to take a lot of risks because the Chargers keep handing us the ball
0: absolutely right then with that speed if you're a defensive back in the NFL and you see the chargers on the schedule you got to be like oh god we got to play the chargers or the chiefs i mean They're like oh my we got to play the chiefs and we've got these dudes Tyreek Hill and seeing Miko and how fast he can run uh, they they've got other speed on that roster as well just flat out blazers scary speed and with Tyreek Hill I'd be a little bit worried about Tyreek if I was the Chiefs because it seems like every single game something's going on and he's leaving the game at least for a bit or leaving the game completely and not coming back
1: yeah and kind of like you mentioned I mean they are better equipped to deal without him than they would have been in years past and it used to really hurt the offense tremendously because as great as Kareem Hunt was or Kelsey I always thought Hill was the guy that Defense coordinator just feared the most. You know, he can get over top you and boom, the game changes. Hardman has a lot of those same traits. Um, but Kansas City's, uh, you know, they were a hard team to power rank, to be honest with you. I mean, are they ascending? Are they one of the top teams in the conference? Or are they kind of just hanging on? I'm not sure.
0: Right. They were your number two team coming into the season when we first checked in with the power rankings. And it'll be tough to keep them that high, I think, for you. Uh, in the new list, let's take a quick peek here at Sunday Night Football, which we did not let's have. Let's talk
1: a- Rivers a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's talk. right. We want to yeah. finish
0: that Rivers conversation. Yeah. It, what do you think, Matt? Is, is Rivers done? You, you got to at least think really hard about it if you're the Chargers and look very hard about uh, maybe having a secession plan, if nothing else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a good way of, of thinking about it is at a minimum. Bring in. I know Tyrod Taylor's there, and he's a better backup than most teams have. But I think you know a priority on draft day is a day one or two quarterback, and maybe even if you if you're not set up to do that, what if you added? I don't want to say Jameis Winston or Mariota, or you know, kind of like a Tannehill move that the Titans did. Get somebody that's played a lot of snaps and add them to the equation. But ideally, it's a young guy and. Is Rivers done? No, but it's not like you hit, rarely is it a Peyton Manning situation where you walk up the cliff and then just fall off it. I mean, it's usually a slow decline. You start walking down the hill, and then it gets steeper and steeper, and I'm thinking that hill's getting awfully steep, and... You know, Ben is out. Eli's been benched. Rodgers is still playing well, but probably a smidge past his prime. Um, Brady, Brady's declining too. I mean, Brady's in this same conversation with Rivers where I'm worried now. And I'm a little worried about Breeze too. I mean, these teams tell you what they think. And the Saints and the Patriots have gone out of their way to – add linemen and running backs and are running the ball more, they're protecting their quarterback more. That doesn't mean those guys aren't still great players. They're all still great mentally, and that's the beauty here. But Rivers is a different cat than those two. I mean, Breeze and Brady, I mean, he's a little more brawn, making the big throws, standing in the pocket, taking a helmet on the chin to deliver one downfield. And he doesn't like doing that as much anymore. And the years of them ab- ignoring the offensive line, I think, are are you know paying off in the wrong direction yeah. for River's career at this stage. And unlike those guys, too, he's also, when, when the going gets tough, he's going to chuck it up there, and a lot of times that ends up in interceptions, where he really has to be more game manager. I mentioned those weapons. I mean, you're always going to find, come to the line, Find a, a a situation you like pre snap, go that way, get it out quick. That's who he needs to be. Not playing hero ball, and he's just turning the ball over way too much, and not it's okay. And he's and he's not delivering the big plays to make up for all the mistakes.
0: Yes, well put. And the consistency too is is one of the things oh. that you see fall off because you'll you'll see a game like three weeks ago. He'll be oh, there's vintage Rivers. There he is. Maybe the Chargers can still make a playoff run. They can win out or something like that. Then you see two just complete stinkers in a row. Where I, the last two weeks I've watched Rivers, and big. I, I'm he's done, done. Like I'm, I would yeah. be like completely 100 out. And at this point, saying, look, if you don't draft his replacement as high as you can, or, or you know, I mean, maybe the quarterback's not there for you in the first round of this year. If you don't draft somebody that you think is going to be potentially his replacement and at least have him learn from him starting next year then i think you're doing it all wrong if you're the chargers
1: yeah and honestly the more i think about it it might be trade up for herbert year you know i mean you're probably not going to be in the playoffs so that means you're picking in the top 19 maybe you're picking 14 15 in that neighborhood if you give up a future first and go up to six to get a guy something like that although i, I need to get a better landscape of this quarterback situation with Tua being down round too. Right. so maybe the herberts of the world go earlier than that
0: Yeah, I do have some draft notes too, and the changes happening at quarterback around the NFL is super interesting to me. More on that subject, we've got to talk Bears and Rams also next. Long day at work? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, I want to put the quarterback thing and the draft a little bit in the back pocket because there's some points I want to make about that. But we do need to talk a little bit about the Bears and the Rams. A 17-7 affair, Rams over the Bears on Sunday night football. The benching of Mitch Trubisky that after the game, they kind of hedged on that and said, now nah, it's a hip injury. To me, they con- didn't
1: make it look like a hip the injury. The
0: conversation that Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky had on the sideline when they pulled him that looked like a heart to heart father son conversation like look son I'm sitting you down and th- because I have to. And maybe that were maybe they just had to talk so close cuz it was loud and they were trying to have a conversation about his hip that nobody knew was injured. Um and maybe a little maybe a little bit late benching Mitchell Trubisky even if it was an injury related thing, he should have sat down a long time ago healthy.
1: Yeah, but Chase Daniel is a low-end backup. You know, like, they would kill for Tannehill right now. You know what I mean? Uh, Or Tyrod Taylor. I mean, if there was one of those types of dudes on this team, they'd be not a contender, but they'd be a much more competitive unit. I'm not defending Trubisky because I think everyone listening knows my opinion on the guy. But I will say these last two weeks, this game and the week before, he at least made a handful of throws each game that you said, okay, you know, I mean, I I see the arm talent. I can see why he's an early pick. And last year that was the key. I mean, he was still inconsistent, but he made plays with his legs. He never runs anymore, which is odd to me. And he'd make five, four, six throws a game, whatever. and And the defense would keep him in it. And, you know, one or two of those would be a big play. And that would be enough to hang around. So I do think the last couple of weeks he's made a handful of throws that you didn't see earlier in the in the year, which means to me he was gaining a little confidence, slightly trending in the right direction. But it's hard to win with him, I mean, it's really hard to win with him. The, you know, especially when you get Jalen Ramsey locking down Allen Robinson and then a bunch of bodies near the line of scrimmage trying to block Aaron Donald, who was remarkable in this game. But Chase Daniel, he ain't cutting it. I mean, so rarely do I I fault GMs, but I think that he should have had a better feel for where Trubisky was and had gotten themselves a Tannehill or a tie rod or somebody better than
0: Chase Daniel. I don't completely fault the Bears coming into 2019 for thinking that he could still be the guy and take that next step because still young quarterback it's you know year three is a big year for nfl quarterbacks and developing especially for a guy who's only a one-year starter in college and you saw that trend upwards and you saw so many great throws from him and the talent and the physical ability and you mentioned his running ability that we're not seeing maybe there is something to the hip injury with how little he's running because trubisky's strengths haven't even been really utilized this season you would think that they would want to get him on the move you know play action bootleg stuff get him out there running more using that athleticism and then throwing some big throws and and having some time to look at the field and survey things, but really taking a big step back. And to me, if the bears wanted to do something, they had to do something at the trade deadline. And, And basically it was because like you mentioned, it was like, what do you do? Because your backup is chase Daniel. Who's, not a guy that's going to take you anywhere. So it's almost like, what's the point benching Trubisky for Chase Daniel? It seems like they should have added somebody, at least had a little bit more urgency at the trade deadline to potentially have, you know, maybe a younger player, maybe a veteran that could come in there and help them out. And so that was a big whiff, I think for me, and you have to at least start to take a look at Ryan pace and the GM situation to think, okay, there's some failures there. Cause you missed, you really hooked your trailer to Mitch Trubisky it was a big miss and you haven't, you haven't recognized that yet. You've got to figure something out. And obviously now they don't have a first rounder because that was spent on Khalil Mack. So how do you get out from under this situation? If you're the bears.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, do you move on from them? I mean, like I'm sitting here thinking we were, we just talked chargers. I bet the chargers would love to put Trubisky behind rivers and, See what happens for a year. If oh, they can't yeah. land a rookie, you know, it's a situation like that for the young guy, get out of town, go somewhere else. But you're right. I mean, it's not like you're gonna mortgage a bunch of future first to go get Herbert or somebody like that. Probably not. It seems like it has to be a Dalton, a Newton, and there's not a lot of those names that are jumping up at me right now.
0: The quarterback carousel that could happen this season. Uh, it is super interesting to me, and I do want to talk a little bit about that. A little bit more on this game first. And yeah, let's talk a
1: little more Rams. I mean, it was
0: 10-7 going into the fourth quarter, and the Bears, I mean, their defense is still good. They did a good job holding the Rams to 17 points. Jared Goff, no touchdown passes in that one. There was a ton of Todd Gurley. The return of Todd Gurley, the, the bell cow back, 25 carries for 97 yards in the touchdown, only 3.9 yards per carry, but it was a vintage... Todd Gurley performance there which uh I think was probably fun to see for some people that were like oh hey Todd Gurley that's right he's still on the Rams and uh they leaned on him
1: yeah it's funny because the Rams were here last week in in Pittsburgh so I did a lot of work on them obviously studied that game and as I'm watching Steelers Rams the Steeler fan in me is going please don't keep giving it to Gurley don't give it to Gurley that's the only way you're gonna hurt us you know Mm -hmm. like I, I, and I think that they finally realized that the foundation of this offense has to be Todd Gurley. That's when they were at their best. You can't worry about a pitch count, certainly not at this stage. You know, in the six and four in the NFC is anything, you know, but a, a sure bet to get to the postseason. If he ends up having a short career getting hurt, so be it. That offensive line is totally reshuffled. So. You know, he didn't have Brandon Cooks. You didn't have Robert Woods, who was like a game-time scratch for personal reasons. So Goff, I think, threw the ball like six times in the first half, and that's great. But as Collinsworth and people and a lot of us have mentioned, there is a formula against this running game right now, too, is you're seeing four big guys on defense with two edge dudes and one linebacker giving you the 6-1 look that really slows down the Rams' attack. And so, yes, I think Gurley has to be the foundation of the offense. But when you see that look, you got to throw him out of it. And Goff isn't really doing that.
0: And it was Gurley's most attempts rushing on the year by, I think, 10, just about. Um, I think it's his most attempts since week eight of last year. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) Right. And uh, nice to see Gurley carrying the load there. And it's important for teams seen this a lot with the 49ers that I watch very closely. How many different ways can you win a football game? And I think that's a good sign for the Rams showing that look, okay, we, we can still win games in this way.
1: Yes. I think there is something to that. I kind of mentioned that with the, the uh the Vikings yesterday that hey okay they cooked What well, you couldn't just lean on Cook and play your game. You had to throw in the second half and lean on your quarterback. I mean These guys are making 30 million, you know, (laughs) goff and and cousins and these guys. Because, yes, there we know there's the ideal way to play and to make our life easy as on the quarterbacks, but you're gonna have to make throws, and everybody in the stadium knows how we want to play. And then, real quick note on Gurley, and, and I think this has been a misconception is I don't think he looks any worse. I mean, like, I think he's pretty much as good as he's ever been. He just hasn't gotten the volume, and they haven't thrown the ball to him much. That's the one that's bewildering to me. It's kind of like the Trubisky running argument. Like, okay, people are stacking the line. Your line's not working well. Screen them to death with Gurley.
0: That's a great point. I mean, I think Gurley, you know, I think he's a half step slower. You can you can tell he's not quite yeah. the guy he was. And, I mean, that's just what happens with running backs in the NFL. The first four years is your prime rather than your second four years for most players. And uh, so he might not be as explosive as he once was, but he's still a monster of a dude. And, yeah, like, if teams are going to let you do it, lean on Gurley. And I think that's what's going to take the – the Rams into the postseason, as difficult it will be in the NFC. They're at 6-4 and four right now. Oof, they've got two teams ahead of them in their own division. It's going to be a tough go for the Rams, even though, you know, if they were in the AFC, I would definitely have them penciled into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I get the feeling. And, the, again, I always hate to jump the gun because there's a lot of football. But it sound, it sure looks like two teams will go out of the north, two teams will go out of the west in the NFC.
0: Yep, it looks like that's the way this is headed in the NFC. Okay, I want to talk quarterbacks, draft, and how things might change a little bit in segment number three. We've talked about Mitch Trubisky, who maybe a change of scenery for him would do him really well to get out from under the bust label that he has right now in Chicago. We talked about Phillip Rivers nearing the very end. The Chargers right now will be picking at around 11. Chicago does not have a first-round pick. Oakland has that which would be at pick 14 which is higher than Oakland's own pick at pick 19 which is probably quite a surprise to a lot of people. Tua now with that hip surgery which could be a devastating injury for him. Uh, Joe Burrow looking like he might be the number one pick in the draft and Cincinnati really trying to lock down that pick so things could get very interesting in the draft when it comes to quarterbacks in the quarterback carousel there. And then some other veterans around the league, I, like the Cam Newton stuff. I think people are like, okay, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Let's maybe it is time to let go of Cam Newton. I think maybe that talk for Carolina has slowed down now, and people are like, oh well, let, maybe let's 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 give Cam another shot uh, because um, the things have really gone south quickly for Kyle Allen, and uh, he was unbeaten for a while there in Carolina. But Big Ben Brady slowing down, Breeze is slowing down. It's it's time for the kids. The kids are. The kids got next, and uh, in some places, it's like, let's let the kids play.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to unwrap there. I want to start with Carolina because I think Allen's a backup, and I think that's coming to the forefront. And you see a lot of quarterbacks that put a good month together, even 10 games or so, and then they start to kind of realize. I mean, then the league evens itself out, and you find some weaknesses. You get a lot of tape on them. You figure out that okay, he's okay, but he's not. I'm not hitching my wagon to him. And the thing I find odd about that situation is maybe they don't want Cam back. Maybe they want a different style of quarterback. I understand all that, but I keep hearing these people saying we got, he costs twenty million against the cap. Twenty million for a starting quarterback is cheap. Yeah, it's a deal. <laughs> you know, that's a bargain. <laughs> I don't understand that part.
0: That's a great point and there's also if Cam Newton hit the open market there'd be teams He's all over that. swooping him up like trying the Bears like how, how awesome would it have been for a healthy Cam to be quarterbacking the Bears all year right
1: Right they'd be a contender they may be one of the best teams in the league
0: You don't know what you got till it's gone in, in some cases but I also understand like when you're a team and you get in that rut and you've had the same guy forever you think about a team like even even the Chargers and I don't think I would have advocated the Chargers moving on from Rivers five years ago or anything like that. But when you sort of just, I think maybe Cincinnati is a good one where they just never left their situation of just complete middle of the road mediocrity for so long. And if you are the Panthers and you think, okay, well, been spinning our wheels a little bit since the Super Bowl run, hasn't looked like it's going to get back to that place. I don't think this situation is going to go. Let's see maybe what we can get for Cam and move on. I understand that. But it's also very hard to find your franchise quarterback in the NFL. And so sometimes it's a good idea but then it takes 4 years to find a guy and then you still don't know if he's your guy yet for 3 more years and you turn around and you're like, "Oh my god, we've been terrible forever."
1: Yeah, I mean quarterback purgatory is the worst. I mean, that's Dalton, that's Schaub. I mean, some of these guys that have you, you you're kind of stuck with, but you know, the grass is is the grass greener or not, but you're afraid to find out. And I do think Newton has some of that and that the, the timing might be right to move on. And maybe there's even a new coaching staff there. Who's to say you have Will Greer floating around, too? So um, I'm not saying it's, it's not time to move on from Newton because he is a certain type of quarterback that you have to play a certain way around him. And that's maybe not how they want to play offense. And Allen can win you games in the meantime while you groom Greer or another rookie or add somebody else to the equation. But um, th- my point was just don't tell me it's $20 million and that's why you're moving on from the guy because that's what quarterbacks cost. Um, th- another interesting note that's kind of really dawned on me lately is earlier in the show, we talked about all the old guys, you know, the Hall of Famers, the 35 and ups. And you mentioned the young guys coming in. You know, like, who's the leader in the house for MVPs? We're talking Watson and Dak and Wilson, and he's older than these guys. But um, Lamar and Kyler's really exciting. But where's the, the, you know, middle-aged quarterbacks? You know, like Stafford's age. You know, like, there's not a lot of those guys that are – 30 in their prime 32 you know what i mean like yeah those draft classes didn't yield a lot that is paying off right now in that area
0: you're right there's a massive gap from basically late 30s to late 20s it's like what happened in those years where are all those guys that's a great yeah point. and actually to your point there's a tweet here from dane brugler draft analyst for the athletic uh, he has been doing the he's been in the draft game for a long time formerly i think of cbs yeah he's really good Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, that's the top three in the MVP race for many right now, in whatever order you want. None of these three were the first player drafted at their own position in their draft class, and Lamar Jackson, of those threes, only won a first rounder, the last pick of the first round, Russell Wilson, third rounder, Dak was a fourth rounder, a combined 16 quarterbacks were drafted ahead of those three, five of those are not even in the NFL anymore, So you don't have to draft a quarterback number one overall or even in the first round necessarily to get your franchise guy. So that's the other thing for some of these teams. Keep drafting quarterbacks, whether it's third round, fourth round, whatever. I mean, you're not going to always hit on those guys, but you don't have to draft a quarterback number one overall.
1: No, you're right. And kind of like you mentioned here too, I mean, yes, Lamar was a first round pick, but it was a 32nd pick in the draft and he was the fifth quarterback off the board. You know, I mean, (laughs) So you know, a lot of people, every team passed on him at least once, give or take. Um, you know, the Packers, like the Ron Wolfe era, and even with Favre, they had a theory, and a lot of teams subscribe to this the best they can, that you should draft a quarterback every year. I mean, and that doesn't mean a throwaway pick in the seventh round. A, a fifth-round guy, and even if that guy develops into a long-term backup, it pays off huge. Like, you remember they had Hasselbeck and Brunel and, you know, Really good players that went on somewhere else, or they show up good enough, well enough as like the the Patriots are a good example. Garoppolo, Brissett, all these guys that they've had on second day picks that you know they turn into a future second or something too, or whatever. It's just quarterbacks are always an asset, and just keep keep bringing them in.
0: And by the way, let's let's close with this because I think. The walk-off draft pick, Ozzy Newsom, his last first-round draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, before he called it a career as a GM and the head guy there in uh, in Baltimore, was Lamar Jackson and traded up to get him. And Ozzie Newsom was so good, Hall of Fame caliber GM, building those teams in Baltimore, and uh, that's an awesome way for him to go out and be like, "All right, let's go trade up and get this MVP candidate that everyone else slept on." and Five other quarterbacks went ahead of him in the first round.
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk about that because great pick, but he took Hayden Hurst like eight picks before. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, why didn't you take him then? If you loved him that much, and you you know, he traded back up, and that's great, and it's worked out tremendously. And I love Lamar coming out, but you did take Hayden Hurst in front of him, you know, not that many picks. So let's not forget that. And I don't know if I've ever told this story here, but I'm always down at the Steelers facility for the draft. I'm on the air for like 20 hours those days. And every time there's a pick, coach comes out, goes to the podium, like everyone does. There's cameras everywhere. And they had just made the Watt pick, I guess it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the Watt pick. Um, And he's walking into, Mike Tomlin's walking into the press room to do his press conference for Watt. And it just comes across by that, hey, the Ravens traded up and took Lamar. And before Coach was on camera, someone kind of, one of the press guys I was standing right next to said, hey, the Ravens just came back in the first round and got Lamar. And Tomlin made this face like, oh, man, like Damn I got to play against <laughs> him now for the rest <laughs> of my life. Like, because like, uh, they end up taking Mason Rudolph a little bit later. So they were kind of in the quarterback market, and you could just see this face like, Oh no! That's the last thing I wanted to
0: hear. That's hilarious. And to our point earlier, they had Joe Flacco in house, and there was always the question: Is Joe Flacco right. elite? And they still went and got their young quarterback. But yeah, you're right. The Hurst pick was was Let's was pretty bad that. before that. And uh, I was like, <laughs> what? And like even at the time they drafted Hurst, I was like, really? You want to? You need that tight end? That guy that bad? It would have made a lot more sense if they just drafted Lamar Jackson there. I imagine there was some very serious conversations, and they're like, look, we have Flacco. We don't need a first round quarterback. And in the end, Ozzy Newsom won that, that argument and was like, okay, well, let's draft this guy here. Then we'll come back and try to get Lamar.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all worked out. Don't get me wrong. But I find that funny. And let's not forget that they at one point they picked Hurst over him. Um, I also think it's interesting that, like you said, Flacco was a the starter. They took Hurst already. They didn't know they were to get Lamar. A round or two later, I think it was the third, they took Mark Andrews, another tight end. And all of us are like, why are you drafting two tight ends in the first two days of the draft. Yeah. And now it makes a ton of sense. Like they love to play with multiple tight ends on the field. And one of the reasons they do that is if you come out with three tights, you're probably going to get heavier personnel that doesn't chase Lamar as well. You know, I mean, it's one of the reasons plus they're, they're really good at using them for football geometry and the blocking game and the running game. So they use their tight ends really well. And it's also an easier throw for Lamar in the middle of the field. But when they drafted those two on the first two days, they didn't know all that. <laughs> you know, they, right, yeah. you know it, So it worked out, great, but it, it's just interesting, you know.
0: And it turned out the second tight end was better than the first one, so it's a good thing they did yeah. draft the second guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, real quick, too. you mentioned Denver. You mentioned Flacco. Denver's an interesting one. I mean, at yes. what point do you have to see what lock is? Because they're going to be picking early. Flacco's mm-hmm. unlikely to be back or in the league. Allen's just the guy. They're another one that's they, I'm not sure their problems are close to being solved.
0: Right. Yeah. You have to evaluate. I think that's the key is knowing who the guy is that you have. And I'm sure these teams know a lot better in practice. And, you know, they've had a whole off season with a player know a lot better than we do. But from the outside looking in, you think who is, Lock, you should know who he is before you go into the draft next year. And a team like Washington is like, you got to have Haskins out there as much as possible, evaluate him and figure mm-hmm. out if you want to do the Arizona Cardinals thing and still draft a, a quarterback high, because you might be picking number two or even number one and have a, another franchise guy in your hands. You got to figure out what you have there in-house first and at least evaluate, if nothing else, the rest of, this, the, rest of the season.
1: Yeah. And again, things are very subject to change, but if the Bengals – grab, you know, the LSU kid at one and two is not in this draft or certainly not going to be a high pick and Washington isn't going to go. They take Chase Young or somebody like that. Then all of a sudden you got a lot of these teams clamoring for just a couple quarterbacks.
0: That's a conversation we've got to continue. We're out of time today and tomorrow will be a fun one. We'll have, what is this, part three power rankings in the NFL, which I can't wait to hear.
1: Yeah, the last one we did was week seven, so it's been about a month ago. So a lot has changed. A
0: lot has changed. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Break down those power rankings right here, locked on NFL.